the sad part is I feel like I, I've ignored a lot of the weekend missions now. Like, I want to do them, but I don't play Phoenix Force deck, so I really don't want to change that. And even the 20 wins, like, I'm a casual player. For you to tell me I need 20 wins, it's not fun. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I hear if you, I was I grinding hear... Conquest, it's pretty easy to do, just because it counts all your matches within your Conquest, but I'm over Phoenix. I'm yeah. kind of done with, done with that card. So I, I think it's a good thing. It's just one of those where... For me, it's I'm not going to go out of my way just to get 200 credits. But if you're already playing and stuff, I think it's great. So you want to kick this off, man? You want to jump into the intro? I mean, I can. Uh, if you're if you're feeling good about it, I can I just you know go for it. I'm good, man. Cool. All right, let's kick this off. I miss doing this. Here we go. As we say, welcome, welcome on in to the Snapback Podcast, where you snap and we snap back for those who do not know my name is guest also known as it's guest gaming and once again i am joined by my cohort mr default dan default dan how are you today good sir i'm good man good man it's been a long week last week we had so much going on uh i know we didn't get the podcast out last week just because everything that was just crazy but uh but i'm doing good doing good excited about all this still got a busy week this week but lots Mm -hmm. to talk about yeah, and uh, once again, we apologize for not having the Big News Friday podcast as we wanted to. Life got in the way, and sometimes that happens. So yeah. we roll with it. We have definitely had some life moments, and we've got a lot to catch up on. So some of it is old news. Some of it is new news. But either way, it is news worth discussing. So we're going to just dive on in because we've got to look at Mirage. we got to look at quickly at the OTA. we got to look at what the hell happened with Conquerors. we got to look at the roadmap that they dropped out of nowhere. we got to look at Dakin Season Pass. By the time you hear this, it's, you know, going to be live. So we've got a lot to cover. Yeah. So bear with us. Some of it we might fly through. Some of it we kind of have some opinions on. <laughs> so uh, let's just hop into it because Mirage came out almost a week ago now. And yep. she was one of those cards where everybody said, okay, 3K tokens or should I use my caches because this is a Thanos week? Like, I feel like Mirage was this like bronze winner of the spotlights after watching how it all played out for a lot of the community because people wanted Thanos and people wanted Master Mold more than they wanted Mirage. And I feel like it was, it's a card, you know, it's, it's information version Maria Hill. It's okay. I just, I, I, I haven't found a home where I said, Ooh, this is a great deck for this. Like you play it with Dino. Ta-da. Am I, am I pessimistic on looking at, you know, after I got to play her a little bit, exactly what it is? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, I, I'm not a big fan of Mirage either. Like, I think so many people are overrating her. Like, oh, I get to get her, her their cheapest card, and it's going to have more power. And it's like, I guess it's fine. Like, sometimes you hit a good card. But most of the time, the card that you hit, you still don't play. Um, you know, you hit a one-drop, you hit a two-drop. And if your curve is already nicely filled out in your deck, it's just a card in hand. So I, there's times, you know, I got a Jeff, you know, a, a two five Jeff off of somebody and it felt really good when they mm-hmm. played professor X and I was like, Oh yeah, my, my Jeff's better than your Jeff. But you know, for the most part, I think if you're in a dino deck, I think if you're in some type of, you know, card advantage deck, um, like collector or something like that, then maybe, maybe Mirage is a good card to put in there. Um, but I definitely think she's not a card that goes in every deck. Like we saw with 
Legion, who everybody yeah. underrated, and then now he's in like fifty percent of decks um, as a tech card in there, right? And the, again, I'm not saying she's a bad card, but I just think she was a little overhyped. But she's pretty good for three K tokens. Like if if you run Dino a lot, she's a card you can slot in. But I don't know. So simultaneously, uh, I, I just gotta let you know, I'm pretty sure. As much as they're trying to roast me in the chat, and you're trying to roast me back. I'm pretty damn sure it's Dokken, okay? Not Dakin. Dokken. So, Dokken. There's no O there. Now we're in the A. We're changing the A syllable, the sound. Where of the are you getting in? an O from in Dokken? So now you're saying it's D O C K E N? Da, D A H. I don't know. There's no H. We're there. gonna, we, we, need, we need the opinions in the, in, the, in the comments. Let us know who's right. Is it Dakin or Dokken? But. <laughs> Let's find out. Um, and yes, as they say in the chat here, while we're live on Default Dan's Twitch stream, yes, guest wears Dockers. So, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's the influence. But yeah, rewinding. Uh, yeah, just overall with Mirage, it's, it's, a, it's a hit or miss piece. But yeah, a lot of us were going into it with the mindset of this is going to be a cheaper version of White Queen. And if there's anything I learned from playing, Mir from playing Mirage, it's quite the opposite. Because when you're defining a deck, powers well sorry costs three through six is way more important to know than costs one and two and yeah. more often than not with mirage i was pulling ones and twos even mm -hmm. if i played her later on it was ones and twos you didn't want sometimes yeah even if it was a wasp it was like okay sure great thanks but it's not enough to really you know get me going um it's yeah. just the only way I can describe it is it's a card. It's an option. If you want yeah. that little piece of information, you know, Mirage would be better than Maria Hill in Conquest versus in Ladder. So mm -hmm. there's that aspect, you know, that you could maybe say, okay, you lose the one power, but you gain the more, you know, the more important piece of information in the earlier rounds. Like, yeah. maybe that's the direction you go, but that's almost it. Like, I just, yeah. it was just meh. Is yeah, that I, sad to just say meh? Well, it's not. I mean, like, like, if you look at cards, and I think if she would have been released towards the beginning of Marvel Snap, I think she would have been, like, S-tier card. Because if you think about yeah, near the beginning true. of Marvel Snap, cards like White Queen were in every deck, and she was so powerful because you got to see their six drop and all this kind of stuff. But, like, even now, White Queen doesn't get play ever, right? Yeah. So it's just, like, the way the game has evolved over the last few years or not years, the last year, the last six months, cards like Mirage, cards where you, like, even if you think about Howard, like, cards like that, that would have been amazing before. Right now, they're just kind of meh, unless they're in a very specific deck. Howard works in a very specific deck. Mirage works in a very right. specific deck. And I feel like because of the way the cards are being released and what we have out there, a lot of these cards are only going to be good in specific decks, and we're not getting those... um you know, and not to say we don't get all of them because we have Jeff. Jeff's good in pretty much any deck. You can throw him in. Uh, Spider Ham yeah, is. Exactly. But there's a lot of these other cards where, like, yeah, at one point they would have been S tier. They would have been some of the best cards in there. But I think Mirage kind of falls in that. We looked at her, and a lot of, you know, content creators out there were like, oh, she's going to be so good because they were thinking back to those days of, oh, this was good way back when. But I just think in, in today's meta and world, like, getting a card that doesn't necessarily work with your deck. You know, you're not getting a, a good Kitty Pride. There are Kitty Prides on the board. You're getting, 
you know, yeah. you're getting something that they didn't want. Um, and at war- at best case, you're going to get like an Iceman or something, right? Like a one four Iceman. Yeah. Um, and that's a good yeah. a good pull. Um, and again, it's not that great of a pull, but that's like a, a good pull from her. So, yeah, I don't know. Yep. I wasn't sold on her. Uh, I think if you look back at this month's cards, Legion was the big standout of all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and again, I think Phoenix Force is, uh, was fun. It's a fun card. I think with the changes Phoenix Force has gotten, it's more fun, uh, but it's still, you know, not S tier. But I mean, I could say the deck itself is maybe a low A, A minus, something like that if you get your pieces. And if you don't get your pieces, yeah. the, the deck is trash. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I don't know. It's, I feel it's like weird... you know, and I'll I'll throw this to you in in re- in response as well. So if you just real quickly look at the past season, you have the season pass card, Phoenix Force, Echo, Legion, and Mirage. So if I'm looking at all game modes, keyword, am I forgetting somebody? Yeah, was it like in a short season? We're, no, it's not. There should have been two series fours and two series fives, wasn't it? I don't remember. It's all a blur at this point. Who am I? The chat will let us know. But either way, no. if I'm looking at Jean all... Jean Grey. Jean Grey. Sorry, thank you. Thanks, Forgot about chat. Jean Grey. If Thanks, I'm, chat, for yeah. not letting us know. For nothing. Gray. No. Uh, <laughs> so factoring in Jean Grey into that equation too, right? If I'm looking at all five cards that came on out, you know, premier, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, Mirage is the bottom of the pile in all game modes. Plain and simple. Put that there. Then it starts to get really debatable because of just what kind of archetype you like to play. But if I had to look at the overall winner of the season, I'd probably lean it still to Legion, which is a shocker, so. to be completely honest. Nobody ever saw that coming. And then it, we saw all the fun and the synergy and the, like, is it strong enough? It is strong enough. Like, it's, yeah. it was a surprisingly good piece for a lot of people. I personally, again, keyword, me personally, I would put Echo second because I think in Conquest and also with the tournament scene, Echo is an incredibly valuable card. And when you have her and you know that the right meta is around, you plop that cheap, cheap card and it shuts down an ongoing lane entirely. Um, So I'm going to put her at second. I'm going to put Phoenix Force at third, I'm going to put Jean Grey fourth and Mirage fifth. Overall, yeah. looking at all game modes on the season. I, I, would, I would agree with you right now. So I, I would say Mirage and Jean Grey, I think, are kind of tied in my eyes. They both, are, they both work in very specific decks. I think Jean Grey, because I, I got hit with the Jean Grey yesterday or earlier today when I was trying to just run out my last couple Conquest tickets. And it was more annoying than I remembered it being <laughs> because I wasn't filling yeah. up a bunch of locations with a bounce deck or whatever. Um, so it's kind mm-hmm. of annoying that I was having to play around that. Um, so again, I think Mirage and Gene in certain decks. But I think the thing with Echo is right this second, Echo feels really good because 50% of your matchups in Conquest are against Darkhawk. Um, if you would have looked at this two weeks ago, two weeks ago, I would have told you Echo yeah. was not that good. Because Darkhawk had not made his rise back and we were still in this weird like bounce, surfer, whatever style, like Legion style deck. And Mm -hmm. Echo only hit like a Professor X, right? Or like like one card. But now that Darkhawk is, I think I I was looking at stats earlier, it's like 50% or 56% 
uh, of the conquest meta right now or something like that. It's really dumb, but um, whatever the percentage is, yeah. it's over half, half your percentage. So I think at this point, Echo is, has a lot of value and um, she'll continue to have value just because you can literally put it in the lane and say, Darkhawk can't come here. So now you can predict yeah. where the Darkhawk's going to be. So, Right. Yeah. I'll, I'll agree with that. I think, again, it's a very meta dependent specifically. Yeah. Like if you see what's going on and you have to know what's going on archetype wise in the game, it makes yeah. sense to play. Um, but if you do have it, it's a really strong card. Um, a lot of cards, actually, the last couple of weeks got incredibly strong. We had an OTA on Thursday, right? Thursday? Yeah. Uh, that really surprised me when it comes to how influential it ended up being. Because it was all buffs. Just yeah. straight up buffs. Everybody got a buff. You Full Oprah style. You get a buff. You get a buff. You get a buff. Everybody gets a buff. And... Yeah. I went up today against Hawkeye, the new Hawkeye in a bounce deck. I've been playing. Now, granted, this was on, it, it was on Kamartage. Yeah. So when all was said and done, they had their Hawkeye, I think, up to 113 <laughs> because of that extra power because he played it twice and then falconed it yeah. and beasted it. So it was, sorry, three times altogether. It was just wild watching it just go boom, 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 ramping crazy. And you know, it's something to keep an eye on as a potential, you know, big play now in bounce to ramp up. Just in general, you can get that easily up to a one seven nowadays because of yeah. this extra power that Hawkeye is putting out and nice little change. And it's, a you know, being a base card, it's one that needed a little bit of love. Yeah. So I'm happy. I'm happy that Hawkeye got touched up. I would too. I mean, I, I think he's one of those. If you go back to like series one, this change isn't massive for series one but i would agree with you with the way the bounce deck works with beast to pick them up hawk or uh, falcon to pick them up you've got an easy like kitty so i again i'm playing i played a little yeah. bit of a bounce deck with him in a two where you're like kitty turn one then hawkeye kitty then kitty again into him so now he hits his plus and then you're like beasting him and kitty back and then you're playing him again with another kitty like it's so easy to get those uh, buffs to go up with him. And then, you know, again, he's, he's kind of a sleeper because people kind of forget about him. The, the downside yeah. to him is, um, which I, I noticed as well, people know where you're playing because when you play him, yeah. it's not like you're not going to play into him. So they do get to kind of, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's Cosmo or I've seen like, uh, depending on when you hold him back to play him again, Professor X to kind of snag him. Uh, Spider-Man, like when you played them, they're like, oh, I'm just going to Spider-Man them. They're not going to play in here. So there is some like yeah. downside to it. And I'm not saying this a negative for him and this buff. I'm just saying in general, which I think kind of balances him out in that bounce kind of architect. It makes your plays a little more predictable. Like I guess Angela and some of those cards do too, but that's yeah, exactly where I was going with that is I was going to say a lot of bounce is pretty predictable as is just because, yeah. you know, if you're putting your Angela in one lane and Bishop in one lane, that tells you one thing. If you're stacking them both up in the same lane, that's telling you another thing. Like it's, yeah. it fits well into the, okay, it's going to be broadcast. Like this is mm -hmm. where I'm playing the next turn, but not to the detrimental level that we saw, I think with, uh, Shuri, where yeah. it was one of those, you know, it killed Shuri for a short little while until it kind of leveled out eventually. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a good it, overall 
happy, happy, happy yeah. with with Hawkeye. Uh, let's scroll on down because I think there were five yeah. altogether. Correct? Yeah, we uh, had Hulkbuster. Just some more power. One extra power yeah, on Hulkbuster. There you go. No big it's, deal. It's you know, good. Just, it's it's a good buff. It helps with like your Deadpool and some of those kind of decks. Again, going back to the Phoenix Force decks. Um, but a lot of these, that's all it really was, right? Like Vision, yeah. same thing. You got one more power. Thank um, God. <laughs> I agree. With, he needed it. I'm sorry. He needed it. Like he with, was such an overlooked card. Yeah. With Phoenix Force, with um, Captain Marvel, with some of those other move cards, like he needed one more power because he started to get to the point that you just kind of couldn't justify him in the deck anymore. Yeah. So, I liked it. Yeah. Um, Captain Marvel, pretty much the biggest change. She went down from a 5-6 to a 4-5, so allowing you to play her earlier, um, getting a little boost from the Zabu deck. Um, and, you know, some people think saw this as a, um, as a nerf, just because she's a little less powerful to try to win certain lanes. But the fact that you can get her down a little bit earlier, um, I, I, think is, I think is a hit and a miss. So I'll, I'll get your opinion first, and I'll kind of give mine too. I think in in the right Zabu deck, she's detrimental. Like watching Zabu on two, Shuri on three, Captain Marvel on four, and then you still have turns five and six to pop out, you know, a Darkhawk combo or a, mm -hmm. a you know Black Bolt Stature combo. Or I mean, you've got so much that you could still work with. Then just being able to get her out not only on turn four but also ramped up on turn four, whether it be through Forge or Shuri or whoever else you want to call in. Yep. It's a really nice rounding for her because now it makes you want to play her into ramp. And that kind of fills it a lot, a lot better as a curve because as a five, six, knowing that there are other five eights or other tech five cost cards she very often was like, oh, you're like on the bench. You'd be, a, you know, a side deck mm -hmm. card. Like she'd be right there, ready to plop on in at any point, but just never made the final cut, you know, always yeah. a sixth man. And now you can build into her a little bit better because she fits into the curve better. And I think she's well powered at five power. I think that's fine. So if you want to make her a win condition, go ahead and ramp her. But it's not mandatory. Because four or five Captain Marvel still takes me down sometimes. Yeah, and and that's where I kind of look at it as kind of a hit or a miss. I think she, prior to this being the whole like five drop, kind of fighting with Vision, fighting with you know several other better yeah. cards at the five drop. Um, there was a lot of games where when you're playing her at five, uh, you didn't win the game because you played her at five, right? Like she isn't going to be able to move because you you have already lost the other two locations. She's she doesn't really help you when she was the five drop uh, a lot of the time. Um, so I do, so that's the one thing that I like about it. Her dropping to a four, I think is a great move, um, to allow her to get out there. I think the, the miss on my side, right. And I'm, again, I think she's a great, there's a great change for her. Uh, I didn't expect her to be like OP S tier or whatever from a change, but the miss for me right now is just trying to find the deck. She still goes in. Um, there's definitely the Zabu decks to make her better. But she is still fighting for a lot, like a place in a deck with a lot of cards, right? So you have to kind of still figure out where she's mm -hmm. going to go in the deck. Because when you think of your fours, you have so many good ones. You have Enchantress right now making a bigger comeback with all the Darkhawk decks. You've got Shang-Chi. 
you've got dark hawk you've got rock slide you've you know you've got all these combo decks to where not saying she's bad she's very good and, and in your example with shuri coming down and then her pretty impressive to have a 10 10 drop that's gonna you know a 10 power that's gonna move around at the end of the game um so i've seen her win some games i played her for a little while on a zabu deck and she did win me a game or two here or there um but it's one of those things where like I think it's a great move. Am I going to use her a whole bunch? Probably not at the moment, but uh, I'm sure there'll be some, you know, more lockdown decks and things like that popping up and maybe she gets, uh, gets another, you know, um, uh, like I don't, another boost. Mm, so I, I think if you boost her any higher, she no, becomes I'm, too powerful. No, I'm not saying she needs a boost. I mean, a boost in play. Sorry. So like, again, uh, with, gotcha. with more lockdown decks coming out and the fact that you have now you have Jeff, you have a better vision. You have yeah. Captain Marvel being able to move into places that you need them to move into. I think she may get another, you know, um, resurgence in the future. Um, even if it's like a couple seasons from now when another card really bumps her up. So again, I, again, I think the change was great. Uh, getting her down off of Zabu. So three, five, that'll move pretty good, pretty good overall. So I, I think it was a good Not move. the best. Yeah. Not the best so. OTA, though. She was not yeah. the best OTA. Absorbing got... Man, hands down, was the best OTA. <laughs> yeah, I think Absorbing Man was, uh, was a huge one, and now I'm seeing them everywhere, especially in the Dark Hawk yep. deck. Uh, kind of to an annoying, to an annoying uh, level. I so... mean, to, to play Debris followed by Absorbing Man is what I lived for to get to Infinite. And playing Absorbing Man after on turn six, also after a Spider Woman, is yeah. a huge, huge one. So yeah. I am very much so all about the giving him the extra two power because Absorbing Man got the love from the community that he finally deserved. Very similarly to the when they buffed up Venom, it completely yeah. changed the use case and two power as a jump is incredibly significant if you look at some of the potential synergies of what Absorbing Man can do. You know, you look at him in a Evo, tech, Evo deck following the thing and doing the same exact mechanism now. Yeah. You look at him in a Black Panther deck as a turn six backup plan to get a, a 4-10 down on the field. You've got so many different use cases for him from a tech yeah. side. Brood, Brood and a few others. Yeah, Brood, exactly. In a Patriot deck, getting those five power Broodlings now. like. Yeah. There's a lot he comes to the table with now with some extra power because a lot of those synergies that he would want to capitalize on, his power couldn't justify. And now it can, and in some cases goes over. So yeah, I'm I, a fan. I'm, I would, it would not surprise me at some point. I don't think it'll happen now, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me at some point if it goes back to a 4-4. Four, four. The only justification I can see the 4-5 argument around it is iron lad is still four six which i i still think is super powerful as well um based on everything he can copy and, and come out like the brood we just mentioned or an iron man yeah. or whatever right so i could see him staying for a four five for a while just because i'm only seeing him kind of in the the dark hawk decks like he hasn't made it into every deck but i do feel like if people start abusing him because i do think that there's some decks that can really abuse him um, I could see him going back to a four four at some point, but I would agree. I think this jump to a four five has made him more reliable in those decks. 
And uh, yeah. luckily, Cosmo's starting to make his comeback over the last two, three weeks uh, to kind of keep him in Finally. check a little bit right now. Uh, but again, if you could, if you could imagine what a month and a half ago, if this would have been a four or five with no Cosmo anywhere to be found, uh, this would have been insane. Vicious <laughs> could have potentially been vicious. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, he, in my opinion of this OTA, he was definitely the winner by a mile. I mean, Hawkeye was needed, you know, Cap Marvel very close in second, but. Yeah. Absorbing man, big winner here. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I won't say that there were two winners, you know, that, you know, it was Captain Marvel and Absorbing Man, you know, just like how in Conquerors mm -hmm. we had two winners, but, you know, it's he's still probably the best overall winner. And, uh, yeah, the only oh, yeah, other I forgot OTA, they even did. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, about before, that. Not gonna lie. before we jump into, into Conquerors, which we will definitely talk about, uh, we had the yeah. conquest changes. So if you guys didn't know, we've got, um, some, uh, entry, essentially what they did with some fine tuning uh, around what you're going to get when you have your wins and your losses and things like that to kind of even out the fact that like everything in the store is super expensive now. Uh, they gave us some more medals and stuff. So it was a nice change, yeah. um, especially when you got into kind of gold and infinite levels and things like that. Because again, it's, I mean, to get, to get the avatar, it was like 2,000 medals. And to get the uh, the title was another thousand or something like that. So again, yeah, I didn't get everything like I did last season. Last season, I feel like I got everything in the store. This season, again, I didn't play it as much, but this season, I uh, definitely got all the stuff that mattered. Now I just have a bunch of credits and crap kind of laying around. Yeah, I mean, it's a nice thing considering how much more expensive they made the shop. It's like, yeah, okay you realized you kind of had to backpedal just a little bit, but not yeah. major regression. You know, there didn't change yeah. any of the entries. It's just, Hey, if you win one or two more here, here's a couple extra medals. It's like yeah. bonus tickets at the arcade, you know, like just, okay, yeah, here yeah. you go. You can redeem these for your prizes later. Yeah. But, and they, they still made it though, where like you, they don't want you grinding proving grounds. They don't want you grinding just to get the silver tickets, get the medals and run. Like, they want you to play. And so they added those yeah. points where it mattered to make you play. And I thought it was fine, especially it'll be interesting to see what we see next season because they gave us 10 free gold tickets. Um, uh -huh. You know, there, there's the upcoming change we'll talk about in a little bit later, but like, you know, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see what that actually looks like next season because this season, at least by giving us all those extra tickets, we got a lot of free medals, uh, you know, within the gold bracket and stuff. So, but speaking of conquest, as you were, as you were talking, we had conquerors, which was a big thing. Now, again, I know my screen is not great here. It's not centered, but whatever. Um, eh. we had this new thing where, you know, we're, we're trying over here at snap.fan. We're trying to get that tournament scene going up. You've got battle arena going on. You've got uh snap clash. You've got, uh, I know Raven has a tournament going on. You had Kawa Clash. You have all these different tournament scenes going out there. And uh, it looks like Tribe kind of got in the door a little bit with SD for this particular event. But it wasn't really a tournament. I mean, it was, but it was different. So instead of it being just a straight up, here's 16 people. Let's do a 16-person bracket. Let's see who wins in the end. It was how many conquests runs can you win? And how fast can you do those conquest wins? 
and uh, it was on the main server, which was a little odd to me. So what was your thoughts, guess, when it came to Conquerors and how they just set it up as, as an event? You sure you want me to go first or you want to finish <laughs> your points? I mean, I've, I've got a lot uh, to kind of go through, but uh, I, I'm just curious from, from your side. Again, not a traditional tournament, something different, but like, what, what do you got? Yeah. Well, oh boy, where do we start? Do I need um, to put a timer on you? I mean, you may need to, let's be honest here. Um, okay, so, you know, I kind of alluded to some of this, you know, in some of the streams last week that I didn't want to give up too much information about, you know, how I felt because we might have had a podcast on Friday, but then life got in the way. So the Conqueror's event, in my opinion, did not hit the mark they were looking for. And I'm going to use that sentence very particularly. That the Conqueror's event did not hit the mark they were looking for. Now, there's two things, in my opinion, that they, second dinner, were looking for from this event. Okay? They were looking at tournament interest. I'm going to use that tournament word lightly here, but tournament interest, as well as conquest marketing. And the reason I lean into conquest marketing is because we saw the 10 free gold tickets that went out to the community. If you did your stuff and you click on the page and okay, you did X amount of battles. Congratulations. Here's a gold ticket. They're trying to incentivize getting people to play conquest, specifically have a chance in infinite conquest at the end of the month. So conquest, in my opinion, is the driving force behind conquerors. Obviously, it's the game mode of focus. And they wanted to see if they could get people excited about conquest. And that's how I interpreted this event primarily, as the interest is supposed to be take the current keyword, current community, and throw a bunch of the Marvel Snap creators into it from the creator program as a community event to promote the excitement of conquest. That's the marketing pull in here. This was not something that was meant to bring in new players. If it was, it would have been done completely differently. Two, it was focused on the biggest creators of international regions. So they're trying to get the entire world essentially involved. You know, you had Brazilian creators, you had Chinese creators, you had Indian creators, you had American creators, you had Canadian creators, you had creators from all over the world trying to help promote this event. And I hated the fact that they used the word tournament because tournament for the last five months, six months, whatever it's been now, has been more, more so associated with battle mode style, best of one, best of three, knockout, Swiss, something of those nature style tournaments. This was not a tournament in the way that a large portion of the community thinks of the word tournament. Meanwhile, Marvel Snap promoted that word repeatedly as the idea of a tournament. And for those who aren't heavily invested into Conquest, thinking that might be your primary association to what a Marvel Snap tournament is, is very damaging to what the rest of the community has been pushing for, and including us, as you said here, as Snap 
dot fan. Yeah. The style of torment. So, well, and and I want to kind of add on this because I, I know I know chat's kind of going on too of just like the word tournament and conquest and things kind of change. But but the thing that I want to get at also agree agree with you here is the reason why they were looking at this too is they needed these guys to stream for hours, right? So to have you know, and again, there's, I want to make sure it's clear too. Like, yes, we would have loved to participate. Both of us would have loved to participate in it, but there's no hard feelings about anybody who got in there. Anybody who did. Oh yeah. No, 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 we, no. Nothing to yeah, do with that. We, we get it. They, they pick the people. Like if you look at like Binks, one of the winners here, right? He streams to like 2000 people on YouTube plus another thousand on Twitch. Right. So like, these are guys that are getting eyes there. And, and one of the big reasons yeah. they did it this way specifically without it being a knockout tournament is they need those guys to stream for two, three, four hours. They don't want them to yeah. just, all right, I, I got knocked out round one peace out like they do in tournaments, like real tournaments where it's bracket of 32 I, to I, 16 to eight to whatever. Um, exactly. And I, and I understand that, you know, especially, yeah, yeah. especially when you're dealing with an international crew, you know, yeah. of creators, hundred percent. I, I get that part. Yeah. The thing is the thing that I felt, was really disjointed about the entire event was that it was extremely poorly communicated. And I don't mean in the sense of advertised to the community because, you know, I know you contested the idea of the last minute invitation. I didn't mind that they announced it like the week before or like five or six days or whatever it was before. And then the event was the following Tuesday. Like I didn't mind that from a marketing standpoint for this event, Totally cool with the timeline. Even at the end of the event, after being live for hours, having a website built, web page built exclusively to this with leaderboards and everything, people still didn't know what the fuck was going on. People didn't. still didn't, didn't know how. No, you did. Congratulations. No, I didn't. You were didn't. you were the top ten percent in that aspect no, no. because <laughs> if you the, go back thing. and look at the chat, hang on, my time. <laughs> if you look at the chat, go watch the twi Twitch stream back. People watched the event end in multiple channels and had no idea who the winner was or why. And the fact that there was the live stream thing and there wasn't an immediate announcement, but then even during the whole hour pre-show, it still wasn't completely clear in regards to the full structure of the event. Nowhere on the website did it say, here's the rules in the format of the event. Like it, it could, it's four bullet points and it wasn't even on the webpage. I dare you scroll down. You won't find it. Like it's, I was, I was the not same. there. Well, and that was the thing. It was like when we talk about this, right? When we when we discussed it, we're like, all right, what are they doing? Are they putting these guys in a private server somewhere and they're only playing right. against each other? But no, then they exactly. end up they end up in the public server, which sure, that's cool. They're gonna get matches, whatever. But yeah, I was confused too because I saw all these posts about like, oh, you know, Dara won. Oh, Binks won. Oh, this and it was just like, and then I, I found out the next yeah. day, this person, I'm like, Wait a minute, is this still going yeah. on? Like, why are we announcing now? I know. And <laughs> because I was the very same. I was, was like, was it not? And there just was uproar. Three hours? And there was uproar on top of it. I first off, not many people realized there were gonna be two winners because they kept saying the word winner if you look at all the prior marketing as yeah. well. Winner singular. Secondly, 
when they did say that there was a winner, congratulations, Dara. And then 24 hours later, they have to come forward with their tail between their legs in a public post saying, after reconfirming the rules, here's the case. Uh, Binks won this part of this, not Dara. And then yeah. overall, later on, we found Dara won the other thing of it. It was just like, it was very, very disjointed, in my opinion. It was very disjointed. And I do not blame Marvel Snap. Let me make that really clear. I do not blame Second Dinner. I do not blame Marvel Snap. I do not blame Cozy. I do not blame Dexter because as hosts of the event, yeah. the two of them did a great job as hosts. They, they held the community down. Cozy did some great skits as well with Dexter in the whole pre-show. They were good hosts for the event. Play yeah. by play, I'll take them both down. But as hosts for the event, they did great. I think that there were some structural issues with getting this tournament format clearly understood, yeah. communicated to the community, having the questions that we all started answering the second they announced it. We did not get answers even through the broadcast. There yeah. was a lot of opportunity. And no, I'd agree. I want I'd this agree. event to happen again. Let me make that final point. I want this event to happen again. And I hope that Tribe takes the feedback, the group that, you know, Cozy and Dexter are a part of with Molt, yeah. the gaming esports team. They were the ones who threw this together. And Second Dinner partnered with them. And this is to my understanding of how it all worked out. And then they filmed it, filmed it live in Dallas. And that's how it was all broadcast out yeah, yeah. for the Marvel Snap side of things. So. If that be the case, I hope Tribe takes all of this feedback and information and looks a little bit more proactively into communicating in those pre-advertisements. Here are the rules. Three hours, live winner. 48 hours, full winner. You know, just like that. Yeah, nothing yeah. too crazy. Nothing too oh. snazzy needed. Just, but, just a little bit of clarity so we can bet our resources effectively because yeah. we we said it on what was it wednesday during the the wednesday night snap we're like who are you voting for i don't know i gotta know more about the rules we never found out more about the rules yeah. it was well, not and, clear whatsoever and i think it's one of those things where it's confusing of like these events should only be during the live three-hour broadcast right like so all of this crap that happens yes. afterwards or whatever it's like if nobody's watching it how do you know how do you know this person won or that yeah. person won? So like re realistically, the way it should have been set up is here's three hours. Here's your 12 people or whatever. And they have somebody watching every single one of them. Yeah. So you end up with like I, I, tribe having a person watching only Binks's stream, only Dara's stream, only, you know, um, I, and I'm blanking on names because I know that those two guys won, but. Yeah, uh, only there was one so person many cringe, where, right? watching Molt, Johnson, only right. person watching Bolt, only one person and, watching Hikalia Nair, and literally all, them all just, of these creators. Yeah. So or even, even watch the, four, make a four screen on your computer. It's like, okay, looking for the start timer. Got it. Okay, oh, you're starting a new one. Oh, you lost. Ready? Start the timer again. Like, it but could even, have been that, done cleaner. Yeah, and even with that, of just like at the end of it going, okay, at the end of three hours, they won X. They won five of these. And to your point, yeah. if I'm just watching one, I can literally do a stopwatch and have all this recorded so that at the three hour mark, you say, you know, Cozy, Dexter, and th those guys are talking like based on what we're seeing right now, preliminary, it looks like these two guys are leading. Yeah. 
Well, our judges are taking a look at this, and within the next 30 minutes of this wrap-up session, we'll give you a winner because now all those 12 of those people are on a Discord call saying, okay, right. I went back, I got all this checked, and this is what Dara did. This is what Binks did. This is what exactly. Molt did. Yeah. And uh, instead of this whole... Because, again, I'm like, okay, what happened? Is there, was there more after the stream? What happened to this 48 hours? How does this person win over that person? Like, I think that was... yeah. The worst part. And to help. your point, this wasn't it, this wasn't SD. This wasn't you know any of the streamers or anything like that. It was just some missed points when putting this together, yeah, which was, make me feel like it was thrown together, and it wasn't well thought out. It wasn't like I have two months of thinking about this. This felt like they did it in two weeks, and like, and I know that's not true because they had to do a lot of that pre-show stuff with, and that was all filmed prior to San Diego Comic Con because. Broad said something to Cozy in one of the little skits of, yeah, we're going to be mm -hmm. showing that off at San Diego Comic-Con. So, like, we know it was done in the past, but there was a lot of, a lot of missed stuff. The leaderboard breaking on the website didn't help anything because <laughs> everybody was all different kinds of lost as shit because they were clearly trying to do that. They were trying to say, start, you know, start the stopwatch, start, you know, end the stopwatch, and then it put the information, and then, lol, it just, everything broke. Yeah. So, that never helped anything because then everyone was like, oh, but so-and-so got it in 32 minutes and seven seconds. But no, you got it. As I watched the stream timer from my start time to end time, it's just, you don't know yeah. what their start and end time is. Like the whole community backfired in that aspect of wanting to bring the community together. And if anything, the 24 hours after the event was quite the opposite. It was people yeah. going, that was fun. The fuck did I just watch? Or yeah. Binks should have won. Or Johnson should have won. Or so-and-so, because take a look at this playback. And, and then it just, it, it didn't leave with the feel-good feeling yeah. that the event was intended to have. And that's the thing that upsets me the most, because if there's anything I, could, I would want to get across to anyone in regards to this event, this was not a tournament, okay? Yeah. This was a community event. And believe me when I say those words specifically, because there are much bigger creators who will argue and defend that straight on out. It was advertised as a community event, which is why it was done the way that it was. Yeah. And I'll back that point up. But to say that this was a tournament in the aspect of the way the tournament scene already currently exists in Marvel Snap, yeah. I'm sorry, this was not a tournament this was a multi-stream. This, this was a cube brush. So going back to the yeah. days prior to battle mode, this is what we did on cube brush. We said, you have 100%. one hour, you have one hour, and you need to see how many cubes you can get. And then we had yeah. each stream going, and we had one stream where the mm -hmm. commentators popped into streams and say, let's go look at this match. And at the end of the yep. one hour, they said, how many cubes did you get? And we tracked our cubes every single win and all of that. And that's... Mm -hmm and loss and that's where this was i mean yeah. so it, yes was it fun i think it was absolutely fun did it get part yeah. of like you were going back to did it get eyes on it yes they had twenty thousand people watching marvel snap which was a record if i'm not mistaken maybe there was one other time it was higher than that but like twenty thousand people watching snap was huge but mm -hmm. was it was it everything they wanted i, I mean i don't think this got anybody hyped for conquest and was like i gotta go play conquest now and so that's, that's point number one 
yeah. point number one on that is exactly. I don't think this got anybody going, ooh, I want to play Conquest now. Yeah. That's number one. Number two, I think the fact that all 20, well, at least 75% of that 20,000 were all people already who watch this content. It wasn't a new audience. And no, they I, hopefully. I think they got mm, more. I, I've never seen mm. I've never seen twenty thousand concurrent viewers on Snap. Meaning You've there also was new... never seen thirty five concurrent streamers on Snap that no, have I've... that many partners simultaneously streaming. Right, right. But I'm just saying, so there was more eyes than the normal Twitch viewership was on Snap. So we got a lot more people eyes on it, which means hopefully at some point that means that maybe they'll come back to watch other Snap content because they think it's fun. Now, I don't think that's the case. I think there was a lot of people that were invested. They wanted that variant. They wanted those cubes oh, yeah. or whatever, and that's why they were watching mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, when there's free stuff involved, a lot of people show up, which we know from other games as well. So, you know, oh, yeah. I, it's, it's definitely one of those that I think there was more people that normally don't watch Twitch watching Twitch, but I, I still agree. There is still, it still didn't do anything to to make people want to play conquest. I think if this would have been a tournament and this would have been a real true best of the best, whatever, there's a potential that that could have drawn more people into the tournament scene. But all of this did was say, here's conquest. Here's a mode. Here's some people you like playing said mode. Uh, Now please go play it because we gave you free tickets and you're not playing it still. Exactly. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. I, th- I think there are ways to make Conquest exciting yeah. with, you know, different, like, you know, parameters. And maybe that's the, the tournament I put out there in some way. That's not a classic style tournament. But I can say confidently, I don't think Marvel Snap hit the mark they were looking to hit with this collaboration. And I look forward to seeing how Marvel Snap dives into the current tournament scene in the future. Because I think it's maybe something that we see pop up in the far part of the roadmap. And it's something that I would hope come, and I'm sorry for those who don't want to hear this, come 2024 is something that Marvel Snap and Second Dinner say, okay, we're back from our holiday. How do we get in on this? Clearly, there are esports teams out there. There are high competitive people out there. There are major tournaments happening internationally. How do we get in on this? How can we as a game support our own game community to do that? Because the roadmap doesn't truly lead in that information. And I think that as we kind of go to the roadmap, one of the suggestions I made, right, coming off of Conquest and Conquerors, I threw this in kind of the creator chat, is one of the big things that I thought was an amazing thing that they did for Conquerors was this variant, and it was this free tokens if you placed your bet, which means Mm -hmm. they are at some level saying, I will give out tokens and I will give out event-specific stuff. And they did also mention that eventually that variant will hit the shop and all of that, so it isn't like you'll never get the variant because you didn't pick Dara or Binks, right? Like, you'll eventually get it, but... For now, those people, are, they feel special. They got a variant nobody else has for now. Well, whenever they get it, but they'll, they'll have it for a little while. 
And I think that one of the big suggestions I would have is with the tournament scene going on, one of the biggest draws to like, and again, I got to do this every stream, right? So in magic, Friday night magic. <laughs> Not even listening. I took my headphones off. No, look, so Friday night magic is a, is kind of what we're trying to do with Wednesday night snap, but Friday night magic is go to a shop, have some fun, play, pay your $5 to go play and whatever. But here's what you get for your $5. Whether you win or lose, you get a promo card. And if you just play, you get this promo card. If you win or whatever your for your particular store, you get this other promo card. And this other promo card is harder to get, a little more scarce, but the other one, they're everywhere as long as you participate, but you get something participating and you feel like you, you did something. And I feel like, I'm not saying they need to give away free variants, but I thought it would be a really cool idea for the tournament organizers, right? And they, they have, maybe they have to get vetted, right? Like just like the stores for, you know, any kind of card shop have to get vetted through uh, Wizards or, uh, you know, Pokemon or whatever to get these promos. But like, if we just had something like that to give out to people, people would participate in more tournaments. And it could be just like, hey, oh, yeah. for September, it's this variant. And if you participate in any tournament that's affiliated with second dinner, right? then you get this promo, you get this promo variant, or maybe you have to win it, right? Maybe like the tournament organizer gets X of these, they get 10 or they get 40 for the month and they have to figure out how they give those out the 40. But like, as long as they did something like that, I think that that would be huge to get people plugged in because just like we were saying with the eyes on this event, it's because people yeah. wanted that variant. People wanted the, the free credits, but then that variant. So they were cheering people on. And I think if we could do something like that to, to incorporate more than just, Hey, here's tribe. They're really big in all these other games and we're going to let them do this big tournament and they're going to have this free stuff. They have to be able to incorporate other people. And I'm not saying every single content creator that says I'm going to host the tournament should get these, but I do think that yeah. they should say like, Hey, if you want to be a, a tournament host provider or whatever, here's a form to fill out. Let us know how big your tournaments are. Let us know how often you're doing them. And based on that, we'll give you X things, right? And if you have one tournament a month that only has five people, I can see them being like, well, you need to hit this threshold. But they also, I, they'll have to start out small because there's not, there's only a couple huge tournaments out there. But anyway. I thought that would be kind of cool if, as we're looking kind of at the roadmap, because I do think that was a huge stepping stone that they did with the community and getting community eyes on by giving out some free stuff. Um, yeah. But the roadmap, the roadmap is, is uh, it's going to be interesting because we have a lot coming soon. We got a lot in development. And then of course we have the stuff that's in concept, which means we won't see it for another year. Uh, but uh, I'm curious when it comes to the coming soon, what are some of the ones that you are excited about, sir? So for those who haven't seen the roadmap, long story short, the bullet points are on the coming soon. So things that are definitely coming to the game within the next roughly three months or so. You've got the PC launch, so the full client for the PC. Twitch drops, which we'll explain. Uh, card upgrade improvements, seasonal audio, conquest polish, infinite rank revamp and global matchmaking phase one. Now the phase one is very intriguing to me. So maybe they're taking like their four zones and bringing it down to two first, and then they'll get everybody all together in the pool later on. So I don't know how that 
roles when they say phase one specifically for global matchmaking, but I think that that's a nice thing that needs to get added relatively soon because the diversity in region is also very obvious. Like the decks that I know I go up against in the South American region are very different than the metas that necess- that play out over in the America in the North American regions, plural, right now, because I see a lot of Brazilian creators and the decks that they put out versus the English speaking creators here in Brazil. So I-, I see it a little bit differently as I'm taking in content and looking at what I'm going up against. Um but outside of the global matchmaking piece, I think the full screen, full wide view, whatever PC user interface and the Twitch drops are the two biggest ones because mm-hmm. the full screen PC thing is exciting because we are content creators and we play this yeah. game on our PC. And there's so much opportunity involved in regards to the big giant screen that we work with. What else could they do graphically? to the game to enhance it. And they talked about, you know, layouts are changing and the store organization is changing and that kind of stuff will be beneficial for you to want to play on PC. As a content creator, I also hate the fact that I have to redo my entire layout for the thing, but I'm willing to deal with that (laughs) because this could be awesome. Yeah, I I think that, so like I'm always been torn on the PC layouts. Um, as a content creator, as a Twitch streamer, things like that, I think it's great. I think uh, right now, a lot of overlays are very hindered in what they can do right now because of the way the game stretches and moves and things like that. It's very hard to zoom in on it without it getting too blurry. And pretty much every, everybody's layout is 90% the same, right? Like <laughs> It's game in middle, camera here deck list here right it's in chat over here it's about the same in most of them just because of what you're limited to so i do think it'd be cool to see what they do in the pc build um with the wider screen ui um they do have you know a lot of screen and area they can do stuff with so it'll be interesting to see what they what they fill all the extra space with if it's more just junk or if it's actually they're extending how the the layout looks or the board looks or something like that so i am I'm excited about that. I think Twitch drops to me are like one of the biggest ones to me um, because if you think about like other games having Twitch drops, it means, and for anybody who's not a, you know, they don't understand what Twitch drops are. They don't know what that is. What it is is while we stream, uh, if you watch the stream for so long, you get free stuff. And so usually typically every month, like for instance, right now with Diablo, it's uh, some kind of like, I think last month it was a mount. So if you watched a stream for so long and you connected your Blizzard account with your uh, Twitch account, after you watch so long of a stream, and it could, it could be through multiple streams, it could be through multiple streamers, as long as they were streaming Diablo, uh, you got that mountain game. So here it's probably going to be like variants. It could be uh, credits or gold or something like that. Um, God, but it's gold. Yeah, I, I mean... To me, I think it's going to be variants. I think you think it's going to be credits. Um, it could be a mixture. Mm-hmm. It could be just like a loot crate, like with a crate with a whole bunch of different things in it, right? Not like randomized or whatever, but just like a random crate. So I, it, it could be, it'll be really interesting just because it will drive people to, if they've never watched Twitch, to watch Twitch. Because now find a creator that you can hang out with every month because you're going to get this, this drop. Right. And you may find yeah. somebody that you like. So I think it'll be 
good for us as creators. Um, I am, I'm really curious what that's going to look like for all the YouTube creators because it's a Twitch drop and, and nothing with the YouTube side. But uh, yeah. I mean, it is what it is, but I, I don't know. I'm excited about that one just for the creator aspect for people to find more creators because one of the funniest things, or at least I thought was funny with conquerors is literally, again, I'm an old person. I hang out in the Facebook groups for snap because I get, it's not the Reddit, like hardcore players it's just the random people that are on facebook and like when all the people were announced there was so many people going i don't know a single person on this list now i don't know how you don't know cozy or you know dexter or one of these guys if you just type in marvel snap into youtube you should see them but that means they're not checking youtube but it's like all these people like i don't know who it is i don't i don't know who any of these people are and who to vote for them so hopefully twitch drops and stuff drive people to to see streamers and be like hey Here's a cool dude. Let me go hang out with him and get some free stuff in the game. So I think that'd be pretty. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll be exciting to bring more interest to the social aspect of what content does for these kinds of games, because, you know, it's still something that I have a, dif- a difficult time, you know, robust yeah. understanding because you and I come from much smaller games and much yeah. smaller creator communities. And here, Ho, 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 Marvel Snap, there's 11 bajillion creators, yet alone official Marvel Snap creators that, you know, have been selected by Second Dinner. And, I mean, it is a huge community. Mm-hmm. Huge. So it's great to see that that could grow even more. And yep. clearly there's an interest in Second Dinner that they are looking to do more than just make a game. They're trying yep. to invest into the community in different ways. You know, we saw that with Conquerors. That was one of the, the purposes of Conquerors is to grow the current community and bring them together. Yeah. We've already touched that topic, though. So I think that looking at the roadmap, and I see some other aspects kind of sprinkled here and there in development and in concept, I think that's definitely a part of it. Yeah. Um, in regards to little things like the seasonal audio, Sure, great. Switch up the music. I always have different music when I listen or it's on mute, you know, but that's just, yeah, yeah. you know, me personally. I kind of want to dive into the conquest polish and the infinite uh revamp if we could yep. get a little scroll there. Because the the conquest polish is something that we're really looking for, right? We're looking for, hey, less windows we don't we don't we know that we lost we don't need to be reminded right after we lost you know the unnecessary windows that you see twice you know being able to move through battles because there's a lot of screen animations so like i love that they've kind of recognized where the opportunities are including as it lists also like muting that once you're muted you're muted for good like that kind of stuff is great but there's the big asterisk for me is the last one they have listed specifically, which just simply says UI UX improvements. So user interface and experience improvements, whatever that is, is the stuff that I'm most excited for because I don't know what it is, but I I think it's just overall layout pieces that are going to be prettier. Yeah. I think I can tell you, I bet you one of them is uh, your health cubes are going to be bigger. I think one of the most annoying things, God, they better be. I think that's one of the most annoying things right now is, that very last cube is only a half a slice of your thing. And I get what they're trying to do with the angles and all the stuff, but it's very hard sometimes to look up and go, okay, I have five or I have four cubes left, right? Mm -hmm. Like 
Uh, and especially when we do our streams, when we do our tournament streams, it's even more I ridiculous. Have 4. When you're 4.02 cubes. Like <laughs> when you're trying to figure out exactly pippies. exactly you know. where, they, where they are. So um yeah mm -hmm. i i think if if anything is going to be in the ui that has to be one of them give us an easier way to tell how much life total everybody has to wrap up coming soon just before we continue on i just yeah. want to say that overall let's be honest here though out of everything in the coming soon if we weren't a content creator not much is coming soon yeah that, i mean that, i guess the infinite rank revamp if we knew anything of what it was, I know. There, there's I know. no said nothing. There, there's no information, no information about it of what that means. I mean, I again, if if we go back like a month or two ago, they talked about like doing a ranking system once you hit infinite. Maybe that's what it is. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I would say that's probably the only one that's going to maybe affect anybody. Um, that's Hopefully. not a content creator, like you said. So. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. What about in development, sir? All right, so in development, this is what I was talking about. So we've got prestige level coming in. Uh, we'll look at a couple of these in a minute. Spotlight cash improvements. Uh, we've got collectible emotes and card emojis, personalized shop, smart decks, new infinite splits and split system improvements, and ultimate variant evolution. So um, a couple things here real quick uh, that I'll hit on, and then I want to talk about these spotlight cash improvements uh, because I don't think they're improvement, but we'll, we'll talk about those. Uh, the collectible emotes and card emojis, I wish I would have clicked on the image that I had somewhere. Uh, but if you guys haven't seen, this was shown off at San Diego Comic-Con. Um, there are new emotes and card emojis coming through. Uh, they have not told us how we're going to get them. But essentially, they're making the emojis like per character. So if like you like leader or you like whatever, there's emojis that look like those characters. Uh, the emotes will come through. So if I had to guess, these are paid. These are going to be some kind of money, maybe some gold, but like money packs that come through that you can be like, hey, I like this particular emoji set or I like this emote and you can grab them. Um, Magic did this uh, six or seven months ago in Arena and now they're doing it with every single new release. So like they had Dungeons and Dragons and they had emotes specific to that and then you could grab and and set up your emotes for that particular game yeah, disney sources arena did this uh <laughs> when you're in battle it's yeah. the same to me it's the same kind of concept I, you're gonna you're gonna purchase them and be able to switch them out and show off some flavor I, I wonder if they add this into something that you unlock like on the track Maybe. like avatar is how you get an avatar you get a specific you get a random you know emoji as a possible chance to because there's yeah, only would, so many avatars that people can collect over time so i know i i would rather them just be as a pack i i personally again i know everybody there's some non-spenders and stuff like that so make them for gold or credits or something i just think they need to be a pack i don't want to get some random emoji that i'm never going to yeah. use but like if you said like here's a pack and those are re two really cool emojis i'm gonna use i'd i'd, I'd pick it up I don't know. It, it'll be interesting how they just said in here they're they're not going to tell us how we get them. Um, other things, just to kind of also go on a side note off this from San Diego Comic Con, they also showed off mm. um, uh, squirrel tokens that were zombified from a zombie yes. squirrel girl. So they're also showing that like not only are we doing emojis and things like that, they're also looking at doing some of this side art 
for some of these cards. So I'm, I'm curious what that's going to look like um, in the future as well, but that could be pretty cool. So a lot was showed off there. If you guys haven't checked it out, look around, look around, look around on YouTube or, uh, you know, any of the groups, people have put up some, some pictures and stuff. Um, so I want to hit the spotlight cash improvements. Go for it. I'll, I'll let you hit any of the other ones you want to hit, but, um, this I think was an interesting stab and swing and a miss from my perspective. But as of right now, there's this whole thing of our spotlight caches. You have this weird thing where you open up stuff and the caches in between and, and all that good stuff, right? You're opening them. You're not getting much. You're getting some variants. You're getting some whatever. And everybody's complaining about the fact that we don't get a bunch of tokens. We get 50 tokens. So they're changing that 50 to 100 tokens to be 100 tokens or a gold conquest ticket. So now where you normally would have gotten either 50 or 100, they've taken the 50 out. So now you get less tokens and you're going to get a conquest gold ticket. Uh, again, going back to conquest, uh, conquerors, they don't think people are playing conquest. <laughs> They're trying to give you free tickets. So you must play conquest. I don't know, man. Like what, what are your thoughts around this? Cause I, I hate this change. I don't think it solves the issue that everybody's complaining about. And it just, it adds a new issue. What's more valuable? 50% of a hundred or a hundred percent of 50. I'll save you the mental gymnastics and tell you neither. It's the same damn thing. It's less. People. Because you would have gotten like, let's say I open up all my caches. I would have opened up a 50 and then I would open up a hundred. I would open up a 50, 50 and a hundred. Right now you can get a hundred tokens. So you're just getting 50 or a hundred. So now you're just saying all the 50s you would have got. No, 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 no. Good, sir. This is where you are confuddled. There are replacements for Series 3 cards, which is 100 tokens. And there is the 50 token piece also. Okay. There are different intervals. So when you get 50 and when you get 100, those are for different reasons. One of them is as a, sorry, the 50 is the replacement for the series three card. And then the hundred is on the actual ladder. So that's a whole nother doodad. So we're not going to go there. So right. understand and get that clear real quick that it is not all of them. It is exclusively when it hits on the ladder in a specific spot, because the 50 tokens was a reduction from the consistent 100 that was there. Okay. And people were upset back when they announced this change that why did you reduce down the 100 token, you know, pity reward to a 50 token pity reward? Well, now it goes from a 50 token pity reward to either a hundred tokens or a gold conquest ticket. So it's the same fucking thing. Except now you get a gold conquest ticket mixed into it, yeah. which means what you have to then go into gold conquest. And even, even, if you just open the gold conquest and concede something, it's 75 medals. That's it. Yeah. So it, to get 250 credits, you need 750 medals, which means even if I don't participate, I would need 10 of those to get 200 credits. 
that's 20 credits a pop. So I know that's not the intent of a gold ticket, but when you look at the yeah. base bear economy of it, it's that. And a lot of people who are very competitive in Conquest also hate this change for another reason, which is the fact that getting to a gold Conquest typically means you worked for it. You earned it. Yeah. You are a better player. You have a higher quality battle in gold Conquest and infinite Conquest because you earned it. Not just because you played five games and you got a free reward, but because it's a higher competition level, which is why they're so adamant about this legendary, sorry, infinity border being so prestigious because if you yeah. make it to infinite conquest and then you actually beat five people in a row, yes, you've earned this very prestigious thing. Yeah. This demeans the value of conquest. It does not just bring people. It makes it less valuable. You know, what kind of audience do you want going to the conquest mode, yet alone to specific conquests? They want this anybody. actually would have been better. Yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing. It actually would have been better if they were silver tickets. Yeah, but because that's the it's thing. a time saver, in my opinion, at that point, exclusively. At that point, I think a silver ticket is more valuable than a gold ticket because well, gold ticket is going to reduce the quality of what gold and infinite is simultaneously. Yet alone, I, I you agree. didn't fix the problem with the tokens. Right. I, I agree with you on the fact that like a silver token is probably what was needed, but it's nobody would have been like, oh, yes, I got a silver ticket. Whereas there will be people that say, yes, I got a gold ticket. Now I can try to do something in gold because they struggle in silver. Uh, but I would agree this season, and we didn't talk about this much, but Conquest, I have not enjoyed Conquest this season. I got my bare minimum. I did my thing. I got the things I wanted, my rewards, and I dipped out. And honestly, I'm glad I got 10 free gold tickets because it helped me get that without having to grind uh, this season. And I did notice because so many people had free gold tickets, uh, you went against really bad decks and you would lose matches because you were going up against some weird non-meta deck that literally was just playing random cards and the locations would favor them. I don't know. Again, I know yeah. GC has his, uh, I think it was GC, maybe it's Matrim, have their theories, right? Their conspiracies on how locations, mm -hmm. I think it's Matrim, has, has his conspiracies on how locations uh, interact with your deck or your opponent's deck or who's favored in the match. Uh, but honestly, I'm not, I'm not on board with everything he was saying, but I was seeing it. I was saying, like, it was weird because they're playing cards that are like a series two deck and they were beating me because locations were locking me out of places or locations were not in my favor um, in a lot of the matches. And so it was really weird. Again, I, I don't want to say like the game was purposely letting them win or anything like that, but uh, it did make it very much more difficult in gold because you weren't seeing, you weren't seeing the, the dark Hawk, the bounce, the, the, the decks you would normally see, the decks you would expect to see. And instead you get two wins under your belt and then you'd go against something and it would take you three games to even figure out what they were playing. And then even when you figured out they were playing, you had no idea how they were going to play uh, because Gamora yeah. would come out of nowhere and you're like, wait a minute, you haven't played Gamora this entire time. Where did that card come from? Because your deck mm -hmm. doesn't do Gamora things, right? Like, so I don't know. It was, it was very weird. And this change is going to make Conquest that much 
worse in my opinion because yeah. gold is going to be a very weird planes because it's not again you can have four wins in your fifth yeah. game you're going against the per well that's inf infinite you can have your two wins in yeah. your third game you're going against that person who just used that ticket and they're playing their death whatever deck that's not quite the, the tier one death deck but somehow the locations are, are letting them you know get get what they need or something i don't know but here's, i would agree with you on that here's here's my solution to the spotlight cash system with changing the 50 tokens series three complete card instead of going 50 percent chance at 100 tokens and a 50 percent chance at a gold conquest ticket i think the solution is to go 50 percent 100 tokens and three silver tickets no because think of i don't want to play all those silver tickets <laughs> think of the cost reward for even just going in and just using them and just get the base level 35 medals because now your 35 medals times three is 100 medals you're almost on par with the same amount of medals as your gold conquest ticket, if not a little bit better. And you've allowed people to skip past proving grounds where the people who want to play conquest want to skip proving grounds. No. They don't necessarily want to skip this, the gold conquest, uh, sorry, skip the silver conquest and go right to gold. At least in silver, there is competition still to a certain degree to, to that certain quality you're referring to. So I think that if you're going to increase the cesspool, increase it in silver, not in gold. Now Sorry I, to use that version, but that's that's what's going to happen. No, I I don't think I don't think that's a change. So, for instance, for an example, I had twelve gold tickets this season that were free. So I had ten that were free from doing the events, plus two from the shop. I had two mm -hmm. free infinite tickets from the shop, and I it was annoying to have to yesterday grind out i think my three last gold tickets because i don't want them to go to waste at the end of the season and i think if now you're saying every time you were to hit this i have a possibility of hitting three silver tickets i'm going to end up with like 15 or 20 silver tickets that i'm not going to want to grind out so on top of if you win them which are not that difficult if you're playing pretty well now i have a gold ticket to also win out um so i i don't know i I wouldn't, I wouldn't like that. I, I, I agree in the fact that I don't want it to be a gold ticket. Cause I don't feel like you should just like the 10 free gold tickets, I think was just too generous. And the, the point was they wanted people playing conquest because even with all those free tickets, I was having a minute to two minute queue times and a yeah. two minute queue time was like, there was several times I want to hit cancel, but I know if I hit cancel, it'd be the moment that I was paired up and they would take my ticket. Like, I just know that would happen yeah. in the game. Um, so I don't know, like, yeah. So like Adam Sandy has 29 silver tickets right now. He, we're about to roll over in an hour and a half. He's not using those. So I think that that's what's, what's going to end up happening. Uh, if you start giving yeah. that many silver, silver tickets, but I, um, I, I see them going for the, for the solution here with improving the spotlight caches. I just don't think that that's it. Yeah. I think that it needs a different approach and you're going to lower the quality of conquest yet alone you're not going to increase the use in that aspect 
the way that you think you're going to. I don't think this is going to end well. <laughs> yeah. Anything else you want to talk about in development before we get into Dakin on the roadmap? There's a lot of kind of decent stuff in here. It's just yeah, a lot of stuff um, still needs more info. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, the last one I, I want to talk about a little bit is the difference between ultimate and mythic variants because they talk about that in concept they have mythic variants might be coming to the game with custom voice lines yeah. and super wild vfx that would be amazing but we have ultimate variants currently in the game and with the ultimate variants they talked about it as just saying ultimate variant evolution and with the evolution of it they're looking to say okay what else could that do? Could it be some VFX and SFX? Or is it going to be some unique different splits, maybe? Like, things you could do. The whole mm -hmm. purpose of the ultimate variant was to be a better variant. So if you're now saying to the community, who some select random people have decided, hey, I'm going to willingly use 5,000 collector's tokens on this variant, which is an incredible waste of yeah. collector's tokens. Especially now. I, I get that, it before. Okay. I get it before, right? Yeah. Because like oh, before... Now it's even worse. People it's had worse. like, like I think I have 40,000 tokens sitting around. So like prior yeah. to this, you got tokens a lot, especially if you're getting yeah. your packs and things like that. So I could see people going, yeah. okay, 5,000 tokens. But now the fact that it'll take you like three or four months up to like six months to get 5,000 tokens. Yeah. It's 1000% yeah. a waste. No waste. Of it's a, it's a waste of tokens. And if you did get one, it was also possibly with the idea that they have talked about this before they have yeah. mentioned in prior updates saying, okay, we'd love to do this with, you know, wild VFX and SFX for ultimate variants. Well then the, the shit is this mythic shit. <laughs> Why do we get an ultimate variant? If you're going to just do something even wilder, with another, yeah. that's what Ultimate was supposed to be for. Yeah. I still think <laughs> Mythics are going to be money, money-based too. Because at this point, tokens are the premium of premium currency. And so you can't just say a Mythic now is 10,000 of those tokens. Like a Mythic yeah. has to be dollars. And so because I think so too. your normal variants are gold, right? So like the only thing above that yeah. is going to be dollars. And now the, the thing is, are you going to spend... 20 50 whatever on a on a variant because you have to also think some of the current packs to get some of these these variants are uh, like the apocalypse one right like yeah you got a bunch with it but the apocalypse one was a hundred dollars so like what are these mythics gonna be yeah. and i mean they're gonna sell it to two people <laughs> like that's what it's gonna come down to right like it's gonna be yeah, 39.99 for only a variant nothing else is attached to it no, no credits, yeah. no whatever. I, I implore second dinner, put those time and resources to ultimate variants and you'll get more participation. You'll get more yeah. people buying packs for collector's tokens and you will be buying packs for a specific variant of one card. Yeah. Do not do mythic variants. Just do awesome ultimate variants. Please, yeah. please, 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 please. We would, I would then want to use collector's tokens on it. I, I got one ultimate variant to the day. One. And it was only recently because I knew it was coming and it's the Art Germ Mystique. I think it's an amazing variant to me that was worth it. It's the only one I have. Yeah. I want that one to be awesome. 
VFX, SFX, whatever. Bring in all the cool stuff. And that's one of the reasons I got it. So if they remove yeah. that from me, I'll be so sad. I mean, if they if they put a Dan Hip in there, I'm gonna have to spin my tokens on it. But outside of that, like I agree, a it's Dan Hip Mythic variant. I mean, you've been. I didn't well, think I mean, we were that, drinking this podcast. I'm talking about an like, I'm talking about an ultimate. They're not gonna put it in Mythic. I'm just talking about like if if somehow it shows up in the ultimate one, just like I'm a, in okay. September, I'm gonna have to crack my caches to make sure I get Jeff. Um, mm-hmm. what I'm just saying in general, it's it's one of those things where like. I, people are going to have favorite variant types like an art germ or whatever. It sucks if you yep. like the, um, uh, the Jankos, the, uh, because so many of those are ultimate variants or they're 1200 gold or whatever. Um, yeah. but yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. And again, it goes back to that kind of money grab stuff that we're seeing. Uh, and speaking of money and spending and all of that, we've got our season pass with Dakin coming in. Uh, so this is Wolverine's son and, uh, yeah, I, I think he'll be a really interesting card because it's adding more to destruction. And so essentially he has a three, four on reveal, add a Marasa shard to your hand. Marasa shard comes into oh, your come, hand. Oh, oh, come on. Don't, don't Worcestershire sauce this kind of crap. Like Worcestershire. Miramasha? Worcestershire. No. Miramasha? Is there an H? Uh, Muram, Muramasha. Muramasa. There we go. Is Muramasa. it Schmirnoff also that you drink? No. There you go. All right. There you go. We got there. We got uh, there. It is a 1-1 one, one when this is discarded or destroyed. Double Dakin's power. Uh, so again, it's going to be, it's, he's going to go into two archetypes, right? He can either be in a discard deck. Maybe you play him out. You have that in your hand. You Modoc, destroy your hand, destroy that. Uh, or it could be something in just like a, a Killmonger. You throw out your 1-1, one, one, you Killmonger it. You're, you're changing him to a 3-8. Pretty big, pretty big card, especially being able to go into two archetypes. But I'm curious, man. What are you thinking of the card? Are you excited for it? Is this a mm. game changer? Or is this just another Phoenix Force? Looks great on paper. Works in a deck or two, but just kind of disappears after a while. So on stream today, uh, we did some theory crafting for Dock and Decks. And I wanted to find what felt most comfortable. You know, when I was looking at different options of you could, because with the Muramasa shard, you can either destroy it or discard it, either or, and then get Dokken to double up their power. So there's a, there's a couple of mechanics, obviously, that jump out. Yes, any destroy card, you know, whether you're running the, the combination, you know, with a Killmonger or you know, try to get it out super cheap and do it with Carnage, et cetera, for the destroy side. But discard-wise, you're looking at things like Colleen Wing, obviously, for example, because it's going to target the lowest cost. As I look more and more at it, yeah, I feel like this is more of a discard play. And the reason I think so is because it's a lot of... Coupled in the same way that when you're doing a destroy deck, you have to decide, are you doing a Nova package or not? Versus in a discard deck where it's very obvious if you're trying to do a low ball discard or a high ball discard intentionally. And when you discard a card, it uses less mana versus needing to destroy a card. Because in this case, to destroy it, you're going to have to put it down on the field and then destroy it. So minimum three mana if you're using Carnage to destroy it just to get it to disappear, most likely. On the other end of it, 
you could just have it in your hand and Colleen wing on turn four and it's gone. So I lean more into the discard side of it. And as I look at different options of how I could, you know, synergize ramping up Dakin, I was looking at is the play then also getting multiple Muramasas or is the play actually reinforcing Dakin and then doubling afterwards, like going forge into Dakin followed by Muramasa in some kind of removal. So, okay, so now it's a 3-6 that went to a 3-12. That, I, or couple it with a Koye, for example, or look at a Surfer combination and time it right with doubling later. You know, there are a couple of different ways that we could make those combos work to scale him higher. And I, I lean more to the discard side, but I think there are some fun mechanics. I think the Jeff Hoogland special is also going to be a really good combo, which is to incorporate She-Hulk and Moon Girl. Get that's that actually where I was up. going with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's his favorite archetype, and it's, I just call it the Jeff Hoogland special at this point because every time there's a new card that you have any potential at a low cost, it's going to end up in a Moon Girl double-up deck. So I already called it on stream. He's going to have his own uh, Moon Girl double-up docking deck. Just, just wait for it. Just wait for it. Um, and well, that's it, not a knock. It's just a fact. It's just his favorite deck. Well, it's so the easy, get easy way ready of doing for it. that. The easy way of doing yeah, it, right? Exactly. Like, Be you end up because with, you do either. Well, you do, you do him on three, Moon Girl on four. You can play Magic on five now, right? So like with a three. So you could do something very simple with magic on five plus your two shards are down on the field mm -hmm. and you have carnage plus two she-hulks or something coming down, you know, on, on turn yeah. seven. So there, there's a lot of really cool things you could do within, within his, uh, his ability. And you know, the, the biggest thing though, is like, he's already going to be a three, eight, which is better than most cards just by killing the one. So I think moon girl may be a little overkill on it. Not to say it's bad, but it may be a little overkill, yeah. not not needed. But yeah, I don't know. We also have uh, other cards coming out this week, this month with uh, Silver Samurai, which also ties directly in with him. So discarding both players, discarding their lowest card. And as long as you build your deck without ones or you're playing your ones before all that happens, I mean, it's a guaranteed body on the board. Plus, you know what you're discarding and you're going to get something out of their hand. So yeah, I, I, I see... The discard, the discard avenue being pretty big for the for this month as we get there. I think that discard is going to have a nice safe home with this, but you know, you ask, is this another Phoenix Force? Because you could look at that, and I think this is honestly Phoenix Force Plus. When Phoenix Force came to the game, we talked about it, and you build the deck where Phoenix Force is your primary win condition to bring yeah. back certain cards in particular. I don't feel that way about Dokken because I think he fits into that secondary win condition play where if you get him to 3-8, 312, etc., even with or without new cards coming to the game, just based on the tools that we currently have in hand, I think that he is a strong card that fits now in this crossover between destroy and discard in a better way than Gambit does, where it's destroying something else and then discarding one of yours at random. I think that this can be done incredibly targeted and create those really nice curve lines specifically. So I like him a lot yeah. because he's going to 
be very versatile in two major archetypes that if you choose to play into it via X, Y, and Z mechanics, it still will benefit you. Yeah. I think that he's a very, very good card. I'm still, I'm still doing destroy. So my play line is going to be Dakin into uh, Hulkbuster, into kill him, into Phoenix Force, <laughs> into play your shard again. And You're not going to have enough it. turns. Sure. We got magic. Magic will come down at some point in there, and uh, you'll be good to go. Um, but I don't know. Like Dokken on I, three, Magic and Muramasa on four, Destroy on five, Revive on six, yeah, Prey on seven. Seven, seven is your no. Like you don't, you don't do Muramasa yet. You have it. You have the one on the field. And then uh, you bring them back with Phoenix Force, which puts the other one in your hand. You put that one down. So on your last turn, you're playing that other shard plus Killmonger. And then all of a sudden, you got a gigantic Dakin down there uh, going through. I don't know. It's I have a secondary version that I'm that I that we created for the uh, for a destroy variation. Yeah, Taskmaster would be fun, but the destroy variation I liked was also the idea of actually using Phoenix Force to revive the Muramasa shard and then kill and again. then destroy Phoenix Force with uh with uh, Venom. I guess that could work too. Two doubles I... and <laughs> don't need magic. I mean, you don't. So, I don't know, it it'll be it'll be interesting just to see what kind of plays come out when we when we see him but i do think i i do think he's not a card that's going to show up in every deck but i do think he's going to show up in more decks than phoenix showed up because i definitely think he can be in that destroy deck as an extra mm -hmm. big card um because you run killmonger because it's just an easy hey here's a three four right there's not i mean you're taking the place of a couple okay cards and then that you know miramasa just gives you more fodder for your carnage later on or your venom or whatever boosting him yeah. up. So I could definitely see it being um, pretty good and how, how it runs in that I could see him showing up in the whole Hella deck. I mean, if you think about like him coming down and then Miramasa's in your hand and then later at the end of game underneath invisible woman, you know, Modoc destroying everything. And then, you mm -hmm. know, you've got uh you've got your Hella bring or yeah, your Hella bringing everything back. And now you've got a three eight on the board, so yeah, I could I'm, I'm, I could see it happen. I'm gonna tell y'all right now. I plan on climbing to infinite using the clog deck because everybody's gonna be playing Dokken, and I'm just gonna keep throwing your rocks. I'm just gonna keep messing with everything you're trying to destroy and ruin the places in which you can play. Killmonger, that's fine. Go for it. Killmonger it, and then revive a rock for me. Let me know how that goes for you. You know, and then I can also Spider Woman that afterwards before he doubles up. So, ooh, you didn't get to eight; you only got to six. I'm or not talking I go about ahead the, yeah, and the Phoenix the Force revive. Or... I'm just saying, like, bringing him in just a just a good value death deck, I think will be pretty big. So, we'll see. I mean, yeah. again, it's it's going to be interesting to see what kind of goes out there. I still think there's other cards that are other decks that'll be better than the Dakin decks, but um, I think he'll show up in this first week for a while. So we'll I mean, that's typically what happens. So if you're, you're you've got to be in one of two pools, it's either the I'm going to do everything I can in the first two or three days to make Dokken work or you're just going to climb. 
So choose your weapon. And mine does not include claws. I will right. play him a little bit gonna, just to have fun. Are we going to race this it. season? Are we going to race this season? Are we going to race this season? You're you're saying you're just going to straight up climb. You're not going to worry about anything. Are we going to race the infinite this season? I mean, we could just for the hell of it. Tomorrow's going to suck to attempt to do that. But, you know. Tomorrow on Tuesday? Because we do know, we do know if you go back to the last, uh, wait, was the last one? Yeah, the, on the OTA. If you go to the very final line of the OTA, there's a very specific sentence that I don't think many people realize were necessarily there which is that, uh, I mean, at the, the time that we're OTA. recording this, we can say, yeah, go to the OTA. And that last sentence right there, uh, that's all for today. See you next time with our next full patch on August 8th. So patch day is a very busy day in the world of Snap.Fan. Okay. Well, that's... So be... <laughs> <laughs> I'll, say, I'll be yeah, very that, that busy. That may suck for you, but... Oh, yeah. It, su it sucks for me. In all of the ways, all of the social media, all of the articles, all of the updates, all of the advertisements, all of the new bundles, so, all of the everything. So hit infinite tonight we, and you don't have a problem. That's absolutely fine. So we, we shall race, considering <laughs> that right after this, you know my ass is going to be editing for the next three hours anywho. So oh, sorry, you got, to get you got one hour. Here. You got one hour. But. I got one hour before it resets <laughs> for us. But recapping, I think Doc is going to be a fun card. I yeah. think that if you're looking for infinite, he is not that card. You, you're going to see it happen. People are going to do it. Have fun with it. Be free. Be merry. That's not the route I'm personally going. I'm personally doing something which I never do, which is to instead do the opposite, the exact opposite, which is stop playing the season pass card on the first two days of the season and just watch the content. And then I will play what I want to play. And I really think that because too many people are going to play Dokken, I think that it is about clog. It is about hazmat is about reduction it is about just getting ready for those destroy and discard decks and just minimize the load out of them because then i think we've got something we can work with all right well i have a different i have a different approach it's still not using dakin but yeah you'll see you'll see after i hit infinite pretty quick with it so okay you do you do you mr i have more time than you so that's fine. We'll Enjoy that. Enjoy that free time. I'm just going to we'll keep see. bringing you bad brazilian snacks <laughs> so that way you can try them all on stream during yeah, during yeah. a podcast and just critique everything good and awful about brazil when i'm there for snapcon <laughs> so that'll be fun Absolutely. but uh anything else you want to touch on good sir nah man i'm i'm excited i'm excited when it comes to this season we got a lot of really cool cards coming this season um we'll have patch notes i'm sure dropping tomorrow like you said halfway through the day so we'll we'll cover those a little bit later this week on another podcast um mm -hmm. yeah and maybe who knows? Maybe Friday we'll be talking about uh, our infinite runs. Maybe not. Maybe we're still talking that we, we haven't quite done it because, I don't know, people are playing too, too good of decks or something. But like, um, yeah, maybe. Yeah, no, we've got Wednesday night stuff but, coming up as well. So if any of you guys. But we, sh we should say, out. and we're going we're gonna to leave this on this note. Yeah. For those who do not know, this is a very busy weekend for Marvel Snap. There are going to be two major tournaments happening this weekend you've got battle arena on saturday and the snap dot fan open on sunday the 13th so yep. it's going to be a very tournament heavy weekend we're going to have a lot of results to talk about on the next live broadcast on default dan's channel for the monday night recording we have a lot of cool things happening so we'll make sure we have all that information available 
in the comments. So you can go ahead and click our socials. You'll be able to take a look at all of the registrations and join in in the chaos because I know we have our own chaos in preparing for said tournaments. And I think it's going to be a damn good time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, man. I'm excited about everything this week, this weekend, uh, just packed, packed, packed. And then next, next week we'll, uh, we'll be reviewing all of it, going over all of it as well. And, uh, yeah, we've got SnapCon coming up in a few weeks as well. So you'll be coming in town and we've got that, which would be huge. Uh, I think we've got close yeah. to a hundred people coming to the event, which is pretty awesome. So yeah, excited, excited to see all of that as well. SnapCon is going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. And as always, Mr. Default Dan, just let them know where else they can find you. Yeah, absolutely. So if you guys want to hear this live, hang out with us live. We do this live. I said that multiple, multiple times. It's a lot on of Monday lives. nights. Monday yeah. nights here on the Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash default Dan. We start about 8 p.m. Eastern, somewhere around in there. You can find us over on the Snap.fan Twitch, usually every Wednesday night, as well as like I said, this weekend we'll be here for the big tournament on Sunday. And then uh, of course YouTube.com you know, com slash default Dan. I sometimes make content over there. Hopefully I'll be making more content sooner. Uh, but just trying to get through a lot of, a lot of these little things um, before I can make more videos, but I've definitely got a lot in the works and hopefully I can get those out pretty soon. That's me. Very, me. very, very, very nice. Good, sir. And for those who do not know, my name is guest. You could find me at the name you can see on screen or just type in it's guest gaming. You can find me anywhere and everywhere streaming at least three to four days. I can't say at least if it's a range, but at least three days, typically four days a week at <laughs> twitch.tv backslash it's guest gaming. Otherwise you will see new content coming out on YouTube, just like where you can find this video podcast. Just take a look at the link tree in the link below. So default Dan, thank you once again, as always. And to our viewers and our listeners, thank you so much for joining us here on the snap back podcast where you snap and we snap back default Dan. Say goodbye to all the lovely people. Y'all take it easy, guys. Until next time. And to the chat that's hanging out here. We're not yeah. going. Well, I mean, he's not going anywhere. Don't, 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 don't leave him. Guess, he's still guess streaming. Uh, my okay. ass is gone. I'm, I'm saying bye, motherfuckers. I'm, I'm gone. But like, I have to go deal all the fun stuff. So yeah, yeah. y'all hang out here and watch Default Dan struggle on Conquest. And then we'll all have a good time later on.